1: All you need is a ball. The official podcast of the WFSA. I'm Daniel Rosebaum and welcome to the world of freestyle.
0: Are you guys ready? Yeah.
1: I've been freestyling for 15 years, and for me, it's the best sport in the world. Yes. <laughs> oh Ooh. yeah, that was insane. Oh, oh. yes. During my time, I have met some incredible characters, and on this podcast, we will find out more about their amazing stories. All I need is a microphone, and all you need is a ball. All you need is a bowl. Today, the guest on All You Need Is a Ball is me. So I did a routine with a teddy bear. I won the competition. Three weeks after I was performing a halftime show, for the Dutch national team in the Amsterdam marina for 50,000 people. I'm now going to leave you in the capable hands of Pekko Pitto, aka Peggy, who will be asking me the questions. Daniel. What's up? What's up? That's a good question, man. I'm excited to be here. We're in Croatia and Pula. And um,
0: yeah, it's time for another adventure. So I'm feeling great. How are you? I'm good, thanks. I'm good. And I'm really happy that I got this opportunity to unravel your mysteries because you know people must understand that you're a guy who never wants to make it about yourself. But finally, this is about yourself. Because I mean, I'm sure you have boxes full of stories.
1: <laughs> yeah I think I have a few good stories but it feels a bit surreal for me because normally I'm I'm the guy in charge, I'm the one asking the question so yeah I kind of feel the pressure but uh, no I'm, it's gonna be fun man so right. uh, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah of course so now you're on the spotlight but let's get right into it Daniel so um, <laughs> let's say you're a little older than an average freestyler. That's it, that's it. But how did you start freestyle and when? All
1: right, this is a good question, right? So for me, I grew up in the Netherlands. Like nowadays, I live in Sweden and Stockholm, but I grew up in a small town in the Netherlands. And in the 90s, uh, when I grew up, so I was born in 1980. And in the 90s, we had this whole street football culture coming up, right? Yeah. So street football is, is, is really big in the Netherlands. It, it's always been because it's a very densely populated country. There's a lot of people living on a small area right yeah so in the city where i live but also all around the netherlands everyone was playing three versus three five versus five things like that one versus one Mm. so both freestyle football and kind of pana you know as or street football as they call it it kind of you know it it kind of came up together but but street football and um um and freestyle football was not really like two different sports it was more like everyone's playing street football and then when you were substitute or something People were just kicking the ball, doing some skills, so this whole idea of skillful football in general kind of came up back then.
0: Right, well actually, let me just get this straight because um, uh, I want to understand better, so you were a kid and all the kids around the Netherlands were playing street football and Pana was a thing then, you know, everyone knew what's Pana and you know that kind of stuff and 3v3 street football, like no rules and and of course, you had to have the trickery to kind of get the respect, right? That's it. So the only difference is that later on, sp-
1: panna and street football kind of became two different things. Right. At that point, it was more street football, but also um, giving each other the you know the tunnel or the panna or yeah. whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, because pana is a word um, that comes from the Suriname language. Yeah. And um, it's our biggest group of immigrants. Um, yeah. So it basically means tunnel yeah Um, just like akka which means hook in suriname language okay um so these words uh yeah came from the street culture and um at at that point there was a certain moment where i went to amsterdam with Mm. the train with my best friend sander um and we 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 took the train to amsterdam and when we got to amsterdam we went off at central station we were supposed to be in school so we were kind of skipping school right (laughs) and this was like 1994 and at some point I walk onto the, the main square, the Dam Square in Amsterdam. Mm. And just before the Dam Square, there's a shopping street. And at some point between the crowd, I see this guy sitting on the floor, juggling a football.
0: Let me guess who that is. Abdullah Belabas,
1: right. AKA the Amsterdam uh, Maradona. Yeah. So I'm seeing this guy, he had long hair, a bit of a beard. To be honest, he looked a bit like a bum, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because at that time, I didn't understand the concept of being an artist, being a free spirit, yeah. maybe maybe a little bit the hippie lifestyle, traveling around. Mm. So in my, in my mind, I thought he was maybe a homeless guy or whatever. But I was really intrigued by he was sitting on the floor juggling a football. Yeah. And I remember this very, very clearly because I've never been so impressed with something yeah. in my whole life, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I've always been someone like, I always liked to travel. I always like the free lifestyle. That's yeah. always, that's really appealed to me. Mm-hmm. Um, even already when I was a kid, like my parents took me abroad. We traveled a lot to, to different countries in Europe. So this whole idea of, of this guy sitting there and doing the two things that I love most, which is juggling a football because i really love juggling football in a cool way and um and also having that free lifestyle those things together really grabbed me at this moment
0: right so before youtube and almost like before internet like there was few people who had a internet yes
1: i never met a freestyler i never saw freestyle maybe if i look back i I did see some maradona clips maybe yeah but then it was more like it was still in the football outfit and yeah, yeah, yeah. but but abdullah he was wearing long pants and he was like he didn't look like a football player but he was juggling the ball right yeah. Yeah. and i was like and it was really relaxed and and people were giving him money as well <laughs> and i was like wait a second like this guy's just enjoying life he doesn't have to work yeah and he's kicking a football and he's making money of it and he was smiling and talking to the people yeah. and also that's you know, also that's why I do this podcast. I'm a very social guy. I like the interaction between people. Right. So that was the first moment where I saw freestyle.
0: But how did you start freestyle? Yes. So
1: now it comes. So with the coming up of the street culture and uh, and 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 the Pana football and freestyle and everything, there was a program on Dutch TV who was called Die Twee nieuwe koeien. Um, it's a bit hard to translate, but anyway, it was a program. And they had different items about football. Mm. So there was an item about street football. They were interviewing some talented young football players. And in this show, there was an item called Trick of the Week. Okay. Yes. So this was also 94, 95. I can't remember. But anyway. And in the Trick of the Week section, they had a Dutch football player. His name is Peter Hoekstra. Mm-hmm. He used to play in the UK. He played for the Dutch team, uh, for Ajax as well. And in that section, he was freestyling, like real freestyling. He did a full routine. Uh, we can link the video on YouTube because I still got it. He actually did an around the world, heel juggles and things like that. And that was the moment where I started to practice after I saw that TV program. Okay. Cause I was thinking about Abdullah. I was thinking about Peter, this guy. And I was like, these guys really like make it look cool. Right? So then I started to practice and I remember the day after I did my first around the world All right. in 1995, All right. I think.
0: Well, and I never stopped. The concept of freestyler probably didn't quite exist then, but then you like, you had the idea that, that, you know, these tricks, this is the thing, this is the thing that I want to do.
1: Yeah, exactly, this is the thing I want to do. And I was always a technical f- player, right? I was like a left winger. I always uh, do the step overs and right. all the yeah. all the cool tricks. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so that was the point where it was really, where I went into the garage at home, my parents'
0: house and started to practice every single day. How was the freestyle scene during the time you started like was there any other freestylers or there was i mean when i look back at it there was people that were specialized in football
1: juggling because it wasn't called freestyle this is before right. freestyle was freestyle right yeah yeah so there was a lot of especially in the netherlands a lot of technical players that could do an around the world some yeah. stuff but i didn't find out about them a bit later on yeah. Because as I said, at that time, it wasn't really... It was like street football and, and freestyle football was like was like the same thing.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: It, it was more like people were doing tricks on the floor,
0: yeah.
1: on the ground, or in the air. That was the only difference. But we yeah. saw it as tricks. Yeah. It was later on when these two cultures kind of separated a little bit. Yeah. And nowadays, you see even that it's are getting slightly back to each other. <laughs> yeah. Because there was a time when people did ground... I remember when Stufi in Bangkok did ground moves in 2012. Yeah. Everyone thought it was like in the beginning they thought it was a bit weird um like what is he doing there's no freestyle you know, yeah. you know i was one of them so yeah <laughs> you know but anyway but later on you start to understand that you know it's all, it's all football tricks in the
0: end yeah, yeah, yeah so
1: they kind of now it's more accepted now you do whatever you want so it kind of was together and it was a bit separate and now it feels like they're growing a bit back to each other
0: right so you were already there when the I always say the modern freestyle because there was the Enrico Rastelli in the yes. like hundred years ago, and and people people have been doing tricks always. Yes, but the, I call it, call it the modern freestyle. Yes, you know what we see these days. Yes. So how how was that time when the modern freestyle started? I I dare to say that it was with with the Nike freestyle campaign, right? Yes. Um.
1: For me, there's one. There was there's a specific moment where I thought. Oh, wait a second. This is actually sport, which was the Master of the Game right. World Championships in December 2002. Yes. I remember this very clearly because I, I suddenly saw this Master of the Game website and yeah. they were uploading profile and it was called Freestylers. And um, exactly the year before was the Nike Freestyle campaign. You're yeah. right. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. But, but for me... Like, what I remember very clearly was the master of the game competition. And then suddenly I saw Nelson de Kok, yeah. uh, Ruud Bos, uh, Omar Najari, and Abdullah was also competing. Yeah. There. Abbas Farid, uh, Sufian yeah. Tuzani, all these guys, they came there. And i was I was in the crowd, right? I was in Amsterdam. Okay. And I felt a lot of frustration because I knew I was actually better than half of the competitors there yeah. already back then. Yeah. but because i was I wasn't from Amsterdam. And back then, the yeah. street football culture was really focused on like Amsterdam, Rotterdam, the city, yeah. and because I was like a village boy, I was sitting there really quiet, like thinking, <laughs> and I saw the qualification rounds. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait a second. I'm not going to be, you know, arrogant, but I would have reached the finals if I would have competed there, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. because I was actually really good at that time. Yeah. So, no anymore. By the way, <laughs> nowadays <laughs> the guys are ninjas, but yeah, yeah. at that time, uh, yeah, no, I, I was good. I'm not going to lie. So, it, it was like the best thing ever for me, but at the same time frustrating because yeah. I was like, why am not, why am I not standing there? You know, yeah. like yeah. yeah.
0: So. It, but, but that was the point where I realized, oh, wait a second. There's a championships. This is a sport, right. And it must have been way more difficult to kind of network back then, you know, with with the yes. freestyle community. It's like how how was it in 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 those times, like, Well, we had Messenger,
1: MSN Messenger. (laughs) Do you remember that? And that was all based on the email address. So I was always on forums. You know, you had this Beyond Football Forum Mm -hmm. and and Soccer Grip Forum and all these things. And sometimes you got hold of a certain email address, right? Yeah. And that was connected to the MSN, to the Messenger. Yeah. And I remember I got hold of, like, Nelson's uh, email. And so everyone's asking each other, you have the email of Tuzani, they have, and, then, yeah. and then like that you got to, in contact with each other.
0: What was the first freestyle competition you participated in?
1: The first free, and it, it went absolutely horrible. And I'll tell you a really good story why. Okay. I mean, Seyan is my guy, but I have a good story about Sean yeah. Garnier, right? Okay, so my first competition I ever participated was Euroback. Okay, Euro back 2007, right? 2007 I competed in a few online competitions uh, for soccer yeah. showdown which yeah. I won by the way that's how I kickstarted my career in terms of shows and performances yeah. but that's a different story but anyway so I got invited it was an invitational tournament with the best 16 guys of Europe organized by an old school freestyler called Bernard uh, from Austria mm-hmm. but anyway I get there right yeah and I remember this so clearly I land, the thing is that I didn't have much money at the time, so yeah. I had a very cheap uh, replica uh, Nike ball, right? Which yeah. I bought for like 20 euros, but it was the only ball I had and it was the ball I prepared with for the tournament. Yeah. I go to the airport, I remember very clearly, I land and uh, I see Andreas uh, Setkovic yeah. from yeah. Uh, France and Sejan, and they arrived there. I was waiting for my baggage, right? Yeah. At uh, And the first thing Sejan does, he tried to give me a panna Mm-hmm. he didn't give me a pun and then he stood on my ball with two feet like that that's a trick he always does yeah. so what happens to my ball completely egg-shaped yeah. which was the day before the tournament because it was a replica if you stand on the replica they get egg-shaped yeah, yeah, yeah. so my performance was so bad because of this yeah uh, because I, I i competed with an egg-shaped ball so i could hardly jog on my ball yeah. and i was literally angry at him for like five years <laughs> because of this, yeah, I'm yeah. not gonna lie. Yeah. Like, so everyone like at Red Bull Street Style 2008, the World yeah. Championships, the year after, which he won, mm-hmm. and I and I battled him in the quarterfinals. Yeah, that was really funny because, um, yeah, I had some emotion, right? Yeah, 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 and I battled him even twice. First in the qualification, and then in the quarterfinals. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the funny thing is, I don't think I've ever told him this. Yeah. But because I always had a beef with him, but that because I had in the back of my mind <laughs> that he messed up my tournament in 2007. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you yeah, know now we're good friends, right? But at that time it's like yeah, it was difficult. For but me. I think
0: he owes you a ball or yeah, two, yeah, you know, yeah. you know <laughs>
1: or a shout out on his Instagram now, Jackie. <laughs> no, but it's all good. But it's it's funny, like it also, I mean, it's not just that, of course. I was yeah. nervous and it was just wasn't good enough. So don't yeah, get me yeah. wrong. Yeah. But in, in my mind back then, yeah. yeah, you know, you're always looking for excuses. That's how it goes. Yeah. Trust me, I know.
0: <laughs> yeah. So um just real quick, who all was competing in uh Euroback back 2007 because before yes. that the freestyle competition the live freestyle competitions okay. were pretty much the masters of the game only so that was like how, how by me- the way that was where I met Lucaso for the first time right yeah, yeah he was yeah.
1: backstage he came to the tournament to watch as yeah. a fanboy and then that's how when he still had hair on his head and no hair on his uh, chin <laughs> yeah yeah when yeah. Yeah. he still looked like a child yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, so who was competing? That was yeah. the question, right? So it was Tuzani, Abbas Farid, Nam the Man, Palla, John Farnward, because yeah. he won, Mr. Yeah. Wu, yeah. Um,
0: Nejad Brajic, yeah. uh, guys like that, man. Right. So yeah. for the people listening to this, we, of course, when we hear those names, we're like, whoa, yes. big yeah. names. And and for the people, maybe some even some freestylers these days, like some of the freestylers who are competing in Red Bull freestyle, yeah. they don't necessarily know these, these people because we don't have a kind of the Hall of Fame in freestyle yet. Yes, yes. But big names, big names. Okay, well, the next question is is a big one, Daniel. Mm-hmm. So you're you're from Netherlands. You grew up in, in the Holland, but you live in Sweden. That's it. How did you end up in there? How I end up in Sweden? Yeah.
1: Well, I'll tell you one thing. It wasn't the weather. <laughs> no, it was it was love, man. So in I used to live in New Zealand. In um, I was one year in New Zealand, like 2004. Okay. and there i met a swedish girl and we fell in love and first we were living in the netherlands
0: yeah
1: and um yeah she it was a small time town and she was from the big city and she was young yeah. missing her parents so anyway long story short she said let's move to sweden all right yeah. so i was like yeah sure sure and i was like oh let's stay for a month
0: yeah
1: 15 years later <laughs> I've got two kids now. I'm yeah. still there. Yeah, so yeah. the month uh, didn't really go as planned. So yeah, yeah. So okay. uh, you know how it is. You, you get comfortable, you stay. It's yes. not with the same girlfriend though. But uh, yeah, yeah, different yeah. story. Sure. Yeah.
0: But I mean, some crazy stuff happened in Sweden. I mean, I don't know what, what happened with your girlfriend, but you <laughs> met <laughs> you met Palle there. Yes. And everyone here knows who Palle is because yes. he is the creator of the first free uh, freestyle I, mean, trick. I
1: mean there's different way of looking at the greatest of all town goats you know it's like yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. in terms of competition is of course you know the Erlands and the, the Andrews and people like that but within the community especially in the first 10 years he, he was the greatest right
0: yeah
1: I mean he is responsible for basically creating lowers yeah 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 no touch Palle like Alternate two refs, Palle,
0: you know, yeah. Ahmad, oh well, yeah. All the fundamental lower tricks he All created. All the fun
1: stuff he created. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: So like, how, how, because you and Palle, you've like have some adventures together and yeah. I, I believe you're still like good homies with each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like a brother. Unfortunately, we lost a little contact in the last two years, yeah.
1: you know, in the COVID situation, but um,
0: yeah, no, he's really close to me okay. for sure. What happened in like, because you two were training a lot together, yeah. how did you kind of Get so close with Palle in Sweden?
1: Um, I think because we, our personalities match really well. Yeah. Um, like, he's from a small village called Habo, just outside of um, Jönköping. Yeah. And um, yeah, I just, it, it was the time where everyone was just like uh, meeting up freestylers, right? Yeah. It was just this whole time where the community started to develop. Yeah. And um, as I said, like, in that time, I just met, um, that was actually before I moved to Sweden, because first yeah. time I met him. Was like i don't know it was oh four oh five yeah oh uh, five i think um when i was just you know we were just fit going back and forth from sweden to holland like yeah. on holidays and on one of my trips i was like yeah i'm taking the train down to to jönköping and um i went there i met him and we trained so hard man yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and i was directly inspired by him because he trained so much harder than me yeah and i thought i was good i'm not gonna lie yeah. in the beginning of my career I was a bit arrogant. I, yeah. I literally thought I was the man, right? Yeah. Because I, I was the man in Holland and yeah. in in the city where I was from, and yeah. I basically ne- never met someone that was better in freestyle than me at that yeah. time. Because this was like two years before Euroback.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Until I met Palla. Yeah. And then I was like, wait a second, yeah. I can do with others. I can do nothing, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because I was practicing around the world, hop the world, crossovers, things like that. Yeah. And he and I, I met him. He was doing. You know, no touch combos. He was yeah. doing Timo Mitches, and I saw legs flying everywhere. And yeah. I was like, "What's going on, man? I'm so bad." Yeah. So it motivated me really to push much harder at that time. Well, something clicked in my brain, yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. like, "Oh, I have to, I have to sweat." Because yeah. he was like putting in the work. It was almost like it was training for a marathon or something. Like yeah, just yeah. bam, 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 like that. And I was just chilling. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I thought
0: I wasn't chilling, but until I met him, that was like, okay, no, I'm not training hard. This is training hard. Yeah. How was it because like we're saying, he created lowers. Yes. And when you were training with him at that time, he must have done like stuff that basically didn't exist. He was the only one in the world who even could imagine something like that. So how, how was how was you feeling like seeing that stuff?
1: It, it was incredible, man, because the stuff he was showing me, like some of the stuff he didn't even uh, upload it two, three years later, yeah. like he was practicing lemons, lemons, lemons yeah. in like 2005 and crazy stuff like that. Yeah. So he, he didn't always do it, but, but, but my brain was really like, oh, this is a complete new level of what's possible, like with yeah. lowers and stuff. Yeah. And I was never, I've never really been into lower so much. I was yeah. more into the relatively simple, more creative style tricks. Yeah. But um, no, I was like, oh, this is, this is crazy, man. All you need is a ball,
0: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal.
1: Hi, this is Daniel Rosenbaum. Welcome back to the podcast, the official podcast of the WFFA.
0: You've seen the growth of the modern freestyle since the day one, even before it started. And now we're here at 2022, you know, Red Bull Street style, Super Bowl and, and competitions happening all over the world. What do you think has happened in freestyle in 20 years?
1: What has happened? Well... First of all, I think the tournaments has changed the game a lot, right? Mm. Because we introduced the battle format. yeah. So before it was more like, "Look at me and doing stuff." Yeah, that was always the the thing. There was a crowd. Yeah. um or other freestylers or whatever and, and it was a one-way direction right yeah so w- when red bull or you know like shout out to Hayes from uh from rebel usa who yeah. created the came up with the battle system yeah. well came up he copied it from bc1 yeah but anyway yeah it was it comes from breakdance right Right. so this whole idea was having around a circle and having a one versus one that made the game so much more dynamic yeah so and I think with this new format of, of um, competitions, uh, the mindset changed as well. Yeah. So it became more of a you versus me thing, right. which also changes. You cannot just go on stage and, and swing your legs, right? Yeah. Because will. we still do that. Like, for example, Super Bowl, SIG 3. Uh, yeah. It became more of an all-round feeling. Yeah. So I think this, this competition format changed the mindset of the players yeah. and also made it more into entertainment. I think that's the word. Right. So it, it kind of it, it's still sport and it's art, or let's not get into that discussion. It's both, mm-hmm. but but it became more entertainment, I would say. Okay. That that was the major change,
0: right? And of course, you know, the competitions is a really big part of freestyle. But when I'm listening, what you're saying and mm-hmm. what what was you doing in in the '90s? It was like jamming and vibing with freestylers, yeah, but, uh, and that that kind of stuff. Do you think that is exactly the same as it was back then, you know, or do you think that has changed also? I mean,
1: I would love to say that nothing has changed. Yeah. But unfortunately it has changed a little bit. You know, when, when a sport becomes a, like a job, a profession, right, right. Uh, the influence of social media, um you unfortunately see that sometimes there's a little status thing going on.
0: Yeah.
1: So you have the, the pros, you know, and yeah. then you have the beginners. I still think that we we are very ex- we accept everyone yeah. and, and everyone's training with everyone. But still, I can't really say it's exactly the same as for 15, 10, yeah. 15 years because the guys, for example, let's take the guys at this tournament, right? Yeah. And the girls, of course, um, they, they're they so focused on the tournament yeah. that, that the vibe is slightly different. It's a more professional right. kind of atmosphere. But um, when there's no tournaments, I, I, I don't think it's changed much. Right. So when we have meets and stuff, then uh, it's still the good old community spirit
0: and all that, so yeah. Yeah, shout out to Simon who's here organizing ceremony every year, you know.
1: Yeah, those old school meetings where you just go train from like 8 a.m to 1 a.m yeah. have a few beers and crash the meats are still there yeah yeah, yeah and just eating kebab pizza and <laughs> <laughs> weird food yeah, uh, yeah. so they, they, they're still there and yeah. that's always the foundation of our sport right we're a community yeah. driven sport exactly um and i don't think don't think this will ever change so yeah right. still there man
0: right yeah and, and it, it, it's different of course because you know Way to connect with others is different. What what I think is funny now we see people training over like Zoom or Skype or whatever oh, yeah, you know. That's fun. Yeah, so but it's also because
1: of the pandemic, maybe. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah.
0: So <laughs> the technology has helped us to go forward a little. So do you think maybe that's a question back to you? Do do you like those those online uh, battles? Um, well, online battles. I think you know I like I like of course live battles more. Yes, but the online battles. Are, it's better than I thought actually. Yeah, I mean the yeah. online battles are, if you think about, you know, I'm a, I am always say that I'm like the ultra fan of freestyle. Like, yes, yes, like I, you I'll, and me I think. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> love freestyle so much, so, you know, the battles, the live battles are not so easily uh, organized, especially with like international level. So, you know, I think it's good snack to have the online battles every now and then to kind of get more of that, you know, uh, uh, snack for us. Yes, yes. So it's it's good. Um, Well, anyways, what is your absolute best freestyle experience?
1: Everyone always says it's a hard one. But for
0: me, it's not a hard
1: one. It's an easy question because the moment, because the thing is that I've always been a bit scared to go onto stage. Yeah, like performing for me is, is is not something that i enjoyed so much i love practicing right i love training i love to get mm. sweaty i love to create new tricks i love the community i love everything about it yeah. but there's one thing that i never really enjoyed is, is 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 being in the center of attention to be actually and even competing has never been my favorite because yeah. I, I i i don't want to beat someone that's not really my my <laughs> yeah, vibe yeah, you know yeah, what i mean yeah. but anyway so it's 2010 red bull street style mm. um somehow mir- miraculously i got is that a word i don't know anyway i got through the qualifications i won all of my battles
0: yeah
1: like i don't know how but suddenly i was in the top 16 of Red Bull street Style world yeah. final 2010 yeah in the top 16 i managed to beat andrew henderson yeah I don't know how that happened, super yeah. weird decision, completely yeah. unfair, but anyway, I go to top eight. Yeah. And in top eight, this is my best memory in freestyle, I go against Camaglio. Yeah. And Kamalio was like my hero, right, at the yeah. time.
0: Yeah,
1: I already knew before I even got to stage, 3-0 for Camaglio. Yeah. And the thought that I was going to lose against him yeah. with 100% certainty yeah. made me feel for the first time in my life that I actually enjoyed the battle. Okay. Because I had zero expectations, yeah. and I was like, "I'm just gonna jam." Yeah. And we came onto the stage together like this, you know, like uh, hugging together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the crowd was going absolutely crazy because yeah. he was the home guy from yeah. South Africa. Yeah. Those three thousand people screaming, "Camaleo, Kamalio, Camaleo!" And I was ha- I was having the best time ever, man. Okay. He whooped my ass. I, I had no chance, right? Yeah. But it was, it was my best moment. Yeah. Right.
0: Because,
1: I- because you have no, you know, you know what I mean. It's just because you just. I just love
0: it, man. Yeah, I, yeah. I, the 2010, uh, I wasn't there, but I was watching the live stream, of yeah. course. And I never forget the, the crowd's excitement. There was this like the one one little kid, like there was, uh, Kamale was playing, and there's one little kid like, took a breath and screamed yeah. from the bottom of his lungs, like, yeah! And the, was, the arena was actually shaking, like, yeah, yeah it was crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can only imagine how it was live there, but it was a crazy tournament, and, uh, and also that, Actually, if we go a little back in time, Mm -hmm. do you think that, you know, 2008 when Red Bull Street Style started Mm -hmm. internationally, do you think that was like a point where it kind of skyrocketed?
1: Oh yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I feel the same because that's when I started because of Red Bull Street Style basically.
1: Oh, it was everywhere on TV, like I I remember like when I competed in 2008, this is such a surreal experience. You know, I'm from a small town. Yeah i never meet anyone i'm just i'm just in my garage like in my parents house just yeah. pop, training i go to brazil i go into stage full stadium yeah. i'm like what's happening yeah because at euroback that was like 50 people right yeah. so just some some cousins of the people <laughs> yeah. yeah but there was a full. the next day i go to copacabana yeah on the beach in rio de janeiro i get recognized everywhere because no it was prime time on tv in brazil i'm like Dude, seriously? These the, kids came up to me like Red Bull Street style, Red Bull Street style. I was like, you gotta be kidding me, right? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was looking around me like, who are you pointing at? They were pointing at me. It was so weird, man. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, well, we're getting close to the end here, but um, you know, you got a lot of kilometers in the meter now, but we're not done yet, you know, with the WFFA, especially like putting, yeah. putting the hours in on a weekly basis. What's your dream and goal for the freestyle in the world? Um, It's it's
1: a good question. You know, I'm, I'm not really a person that, that thinks about the future that much.
0: Yeah.
1: Because, you know, sometimes I think sometimes when you have too many goals and dreams and ambitions, you don't really enjoy what's going on right now. Yeah. So what, what I want for freestyle is exactly the way it is right now. Yeah. So I don't have this ambition of you know, taking over the world. Of yeah. course, I would like freestyle to grow, right? Yeah. I would love to see children picking up a ball and uh, enjoy freestyling. Yeah. But I just want to continue exactly the way we're doing it right now, man. Going around the world, spreading the love of freestyle. Yeah, And um, yeah, just keep on going, that's yeah. it.
0: Right, right, and and like um, for the people, I mean, this, this has gone unnoticed in, in the podcast earlier, but like, you know, for how many years you've done with the I am a football freestyler because I am a football freestyler was there before WFA and yes, before yes. F3 and and you know yes I yeah mean. I started on uh, 22nd October 2010 and do you have like some uh, mission with I am football freestyler still
1: no the mission is to to stay independent You know, I've had many brands that try to buy my page and things like that, but the most important thing is that there's always a community page, which is community driven, right? So it's the same thing there. I just want to make sure that the spirit of freestyle is represented there always. So that's why I never do like commercial things with it. Like even if we get 10 million followers, I'll never do like, you know, click on this link to buy, that's never gonna happen. Because freestyle is a community driven sport. And I want to keep it that way, so I think it, it should be almost like the backbone of it.
0: Yeah. So um, yeah, just All keep right. on going, man. Okay, I have one question, maybe maybe we can have it or not, but mm-hmm. I was talking with PWG and he said that you have some story with the teddy bear.
1: A <laughs> story with the teddy bear? Oh yeah, yeah, it's a monkey actually, it's a monkey, yeah. You don't know the story?
0: I, I know the monkey, I, I'm yeah, not sure yeah. about the teddy bear, but I know the monkey of yeah, course. Yeah, so
1: actually this is how my career started, right? So I was mentioning it earlier on, there was a website called Yeah. this was June
0: 2004,
1: they had this online competition and um, it had like a ranking so people could vote, right? Yeah. And um, this is how my career really started. So I was thinking everyone's doing the same around the world. Mm. So back then there wasn't many tricks. Yeah. So I did a routine with a teddy bear. So I juggled the teddy bear.
0: Yeah.
1: For like one and a half minutes, I did some side stalls, some yeah. juggles, and everything. So because of this teddy bear.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, which I got for Christmas when I was five years old, and my parents. Yeah. Um. So I used this teddy bear, and I, I won the competition. And because of that, I won the competition. They offered me a one-year contract to to do shows all around the Netherlands. Right. And um. Three weeks after, I was performing a halftime show uh, for the Dutch national team in the Amsterdam Arena for fifty thousand people. Nice. So uh, that's how my career started with the teddy bear.
0: Yeah,
1: um, I still I, it's still in my bed even today. Yeah. So I've I've had it for thirty seven years. Nice. And it's uh, every time I look at it, I, I'm thinking about my career and and everything I've done. So uh, yeah, the, the teddy bear is not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
0: amazing, Daniel. It's been an absolute pleasure to have this conversation with you. I mean let's let's keep rocking and do our thing.
1: Don't forget to hit subscribe wherever you are listening to the show. You can also check out the WFFA website and social channels on Twitch, YouTube and Instagram as well. Thanks for listening and remember all you need is a ball. This
0: podcast was produced by Voice Work Sports for the World Freestyle Football. Association
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.